Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Gina Bianca podcast, where we talk about life, business, entrepreneurship, the beauty industry, and beyond. My name is Gina Bianca, life and business coach, salon owner, educator, mastermind mentor, and your host of the Gina Bianca podcast. What is up, everybody, and welcome to this episode of the Gina Bianca podcast, where I am joined by my friend JC Hairologist. She's been uh, one of my friends for a really long time. JC, how long? We go way back. Uh, five years. At least five years. And I've absolutely loved watching all of her success. She is an incredible extension specialist, and she is the owner of JC Collective in Salem, Oregon. And today we're here to talk about extensions. So JC, for people who might not know who you are, can you introduce yourselves to my audience? Hi, everyone. Um, JC here. JC Herologist on Instagram. Um, I've been in the industry for about eight years now. So when I first started, I was just a little baby stylist and grew as the industry was finally, finally starting to take a stride of our own. And alongside that, a couple years later, really grew into my extension business. And I think I timed it just really well. And, um, now I have a salon in Salem called the JC Collective. And even though Salem is the capital of Oregon, it's still kind of a smallish town. So I'm excited to share some of my keys to my success to everybody here and see if I can help anybody out. Why did I not know that Salem was the capital of Oregon? <laughs> because you're on the East Coast where Salem is Massachusetts. I thought it was Portland. I need to revisit my I states know. and capitals. Yep. Everybody thinks that. And it it feels that way here as well. Yeah. Well, I, I had the pleasure of teaching a class in uh, one of your salons and the place was gorgeous and your professionalism. And it's like really cool to see even not just on social media, like you take your career so seriously and you can tell you're an expert in your field. And I have so many hairstylists that I work with and I talk to who want to do extensions, who want to specialize in extensions. And I always tell them like, look at JC, like what she's doing. Cause you are, you've always taken it to another level. You're like an expert in the field again, and you do everything in like a luxury way. So I'm excited that we get to share some of those tips to our audience. So if you're someone who wants to specialize in extensions, or if you already do specialize in extensions and you're looking to elevate, you've hit the jackpot with this episode today. Oh, wow. I'm so honored by that. That was yeah, beautiful. My, Thank you. I'm only speaking the truth. Aww. Yeah. Okay. So do you want me to just jump in or? Yeah. So talk about how you started with it. You know, um, did you always know you wanted to do extensions? Like what was your pathway into it? No, not at all. So I started beauty school back in 2015. I was 18 at the time. And like I said, this is kind of right when our industry was starting to take a turn into being a more elevated career path. Like it was still almost seen as, oh, we flunked out of college. So this is your last resort. You know what I'm talking about? Yep. So this was also the time before social media really played a part in advertising for businesses. And I think... I think I'm just one of those lucky people that stumbled into my passion so early on. And I just became, I just like enveloped myself in it because I just loved it so much. And I think that has really shined through. And when you say like, you see, I'm so passionate about it. And I take it so seriously. And it, I guess it comes from that place of truth. Like, I feel like this is what I'm meant to be doing. 
And I just am lucky enough to have seen it at a young age. Yeah, that's um, amazing. So it's like a little bit of luck, but a lot of hard work. Yes. That's a great way to sum it up. <laughs> um, so when I first started, I just was very into color extensions at the time. It was kind of just tapins, especially in my area. And they didn't really have the best um, connotation around it. <laughs> extensions in my town was still seen as something to hide and not be proud of. So it just never really was on my radar to start with. And I just really grew um, at the time, my skills in social media, my color theory and application, which I think is majorly important for anybody who wants to specialize in extensions. You really have to lay the foundation and know how to properly color hair first before you can color match extensions. So and cutting uh, too, like being able yes. to blend and being able to have that restraint too. like cutting extensions is like it cutting and carving an ice sculpture. Like I feel like less is more. Sometimes you could take, if you take too much, it's thousands of dollars ruined. So yes. like for people who want to jump straight into specializing with extensions, I, I will say, I agree. And I hope, I think this is what you're saying. Like you have to have that foundation. Yes. Um, and the word specialist, I'm sure you get a little laugh out of, or out of that one a bit. Like, I think it takes time to really build that um, title and a lot of hard work, like you had said earlier. And laying that foundation is so, so important, learning how to cut, color match. And I think it takes a really trained eye to perceive even, you know, the different types of blonde in one head of hair. So even, even if I have like a client that has a very white toned palette, there's usually still some warmer wefts in there because not all blonde is one color, especially once you start weaving that dimension and not a lot of unexperienced stylists can see that. I think you bring up a great point with the trained eye. Mm -hmm. Like that's yeah. one of the most important things. Like, and you, I'm sure you notice it like with your mentees and stuff, like when they take photos of their work and you're like, do you not see this? But they, their <laughs> eye is not trained. Can't see it. Yep, yep. Yep. Exactly. So give us some tips on how you got to where you are. So I, I brought out this list that I made when I, I did a little, um, what would you call it? Not interview, but for in our area now, we have a, instead of beauty school, well, we still have beauty school, of course, but there is these courses that if you were in high school, you can start taking that can fast track you into the industry, which that's super cool. And wish I would have had that opportunity in high school. Yeah, that's um, amazing. I made, right? I was like, wow, awesome footsteps for that. So um, the list I made, I'm going to start there. So ABC, which is commonly seen as a real estate term, always be closing. Have you heard of that one? Absolutely. <laughs> so I feel like as a business person, when you least expect it, when you're least thinking of work, like it can come out at any time and you want to be prepared to close a deal or to open up a deal. Um, saying yes. This was something I learned pretty early on to just create opportunity, which is kind of what it segues into. Um, you're never going to learn something new or grow if you keep doing the same thing over and over again. So really just shifting your mind to being willing and open to saying yes more when opportunities come your way because you never know where it will lead to. 
Um, finding a mentor is something I think a lot of people preach now, but I've definitely, I've witnessed that firsthand. Gina, you've been my East Coast mentor in several ways. And Jay and friends down in LA, I, I've had a lot of people guide me into the stylist I am today. There's, there's no way I would be who I am without surrounding myself with a community, you know? Totally. Can we rewind to the ABC always be closing? Yes. What does that look like? Like, what does that look like? Like what I think of is you need to like, look the part yeah, and be ready to talk to somebody about their hair, like at any time. Yeah. Especially for me, I feel like I almost am closing with other professionals more so than clients. Um, if I'm out and about and I'm maybe at dinner and conversation about hair comes up, I bring it up lightly. I don't throw it down anybody's throat what I do. Um, and if people ask questions, then I kind of segue into like, and let them see like the passion behind what I'm doing. But I feel like I've been in conversations enough to know when not to try and stuff something down somebody's throat. So being aware of even though you always want to be on your toes and thinking about how you can expand your business and create opportunity, don't, don't overdo it read the room sense. yeah there we go <laughs> it's like read the room <laughs> but and I think that people are forward. asking you about it and don't, don't you think like if you want to be doing extensions all the time shouldn't you wear extensions or have long hair <laughs> yes okay and here's the thing because I always literally every client of mine asks me if I'm wearing extensions and I you can see me right now Gina my hair is like 22 inches without extensions it's oh like I hate you I know, that's what I say. I, you know, I'm like, I know you hate me right now, but this is all my real hair and they get it. You know, I don't, I don't need to do it every now and then I'll throw in some 26ers just for funsies. But when my life is busy and I don't have time for other people to wash and blow out my own hair, I choose to just rock mine. It's beautiful. Thank you. Love it. Okay. Sorry. I just wanted to clarify the always be closing because honestly, like I feel like that's really helpful is if you could look the part and kind of open those conversations and be willing to like, you know, if someone talks to you, but I'd be like, Hey, come in for a blow dry. Let's talk about extensions or something like that. Yeah. I love that idea. Um, I think another part in that is, or even our industry and career in general, again, kind of touching back on the fact that we haven't really been taken seriously until more recently, um, always be closing. I'm not sure if this is something you've attested to, but I feel like it's, it's not a part of our career norm. Like, like I said, it's very real estate and business, but that is what we are elevating to. And I think if a lot more people saw us, saw us as real entrepreneurs with real, with uh, real career paths, um, anything that you can pull from another business entrepreneur entity type scenario should be applicable to us because we are a real career and you can educate yourself from photography professionals, real estate, other professionals, um, and apply it to our, the way we do business. And I feel like that's what I've, I've done over the last several years is look to other industries to try and stay original. Yeah. I love that. And I love the idea of being like the authority in your area for whatever it is that you want to be the authority for. Like I've spent uh, the better part of my career 
building my reputation and my expertise and my education and my um, delivery and the content that I create and everything in between the relationships that I make everything in between I'm being the authority for business education in the beauty industry. Yeah, I want to be that real life relatable person that people think of when they need help with their business and in your community. Well, to kind of rewind when I was starting off in my, the hairdressing field, I was always posting pictures. I was always talking about hair. I always had cool hair. I Mm -hmm. always was building those relationships and showcasing and bragging about my work so that when people thought of hair, they thought of me in my neighborhood, you know what I mean? Or in the area. Right. And eventually with social media, it became in my city, in my state, in New England, and now it's across the United States and the world. So it really exploded off of social media, but becoming the authority and taking it seriously what you do. I totally agree. Yeah, I love that. And I think that's where our passions, you and I really like correlate in that. Um, You have a few years on me. So it's been amazing to see how you in your maturity have been able to like really capitalize on that. I feel like I was such a baby when we first met baby stylist and I was just so eager. And now I'm finally kind of coming into that authority figure that I gave myself the permission to be. Um, But it took me a while for me to really, for a long time, I haven't done education because I was just afraid of people not seeing me as that authority figure. So it's not until more recently that I even claim myself to be a specialist and know that I'm worth the title. Yeah. Well, it takes, you have to put in the work and I mean, coming to your city and teaching in your salon and seeing like what you've built, staying at your house, you know what I mean? (laughs) I was like, damn, I was like, she's serious. Like you have it together, you know, and I could see that online, but like, it's actually in real life too. Yeah. It's been a long time coming. I feel like we're grownups now. Yay. I know. So like, eight years that I've been in the industry now. And I finally have the the dream of, you know, when I first started what I wanted my life to look like, and it's still I come home every day. And I'm like, wow, like, I've done it. But I still have so many goals and other things that I'm working towards. And so education is kind of what I'm lining up into next. I love it. Awesome. Okay, what else do you got for us? <laughs> Back into our list. Um, after finding a mentor, you want to make sure you can stay inspired somehow. And that can look different kind of for everybody. Um, For me, it's connecting with the community more so in person for me. Forums don't really give me that spark the same way going to a hair show or going to a class does. Um, That's how I like really met you. I feel like I've seen you in person mad times at like a lot of different places. Like I feel like showing up is huge. And I think that was kind of the one of the main things that set me apart, especially kind of in my town was like I was putting myself in the throes of everything on my own dime, like no color company was paying me to go, but I would still like through networking and creating these friends throughout the country, really, I was flying to Florida and work Connecticut to go to these classes and meet people and just our common interests made us friends. And I think that's beautiful. Yeah, I love that. So staying inspired is really important. Um, Filling your cup. I know this doesn't necessarily coincide with the business itself, but you need to make sure that you're not letting yourself waste away on the side because otherwise it's really hard to keep pushing and keep building if, if you're pouring from an empty cup, right? Mm-hmm. Um, failing, go ahead. Were you going to say something? 
I said, totally. I totally agree. Yeah. Uh, failing upwards. I'm not sure where I heard that. Um, but it the really office. Oh, is it? <laughs> I love the office. It's probably um, the office. <laughs> what episode is that? It's the one where Andy is interviewing to be the manager. And at the, it's the last episode. And he's like, I think I'm failing upwards. And he ends up being uh, the manager for the next season. I'm dead that I took some life lesson out of that. <laughs> I take a lot of life, le- life lessons from the office a lot. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, so failing upwards, how I see it, how I've taken it from the office is, you know, every, every failure is a learning lesson. So when I hop into kind of my next list, it's, it's again, making sure that you're trying something new. If it doesn't work, don't be discouraged. Try again. And eventually stuff sticks. Some things won't, but keep moving forward. Um, Finding motivation. I find this different than staying inspired. For me, I don't know if you've talked about this yet. My motivation, I'm very money motivated. Like I have an expensive lifestyle and I enjoy nice things and I work hard so I can play hard. So obviously that'll be different for everybody, but finding your motivation and what really pushes you to to push yourself, I guess, is, is important to find out. Yeah. It's super important to be aware of what motivates you. Like I'm definitely money motivated too, more for like that. It creates freedom. Yes. You know, I'm like freedom motivated. And to me, money has created a lot of freedom for me. It's not the only thing that creates freedom, but, um, it took a lot for me to not be like, it took a lot for me to not be like ashamed that I'm so money motivated. Yes. And I think, I think I learned that pretty early on. Honestly, I think from you, like I still, whenever I hear the Cardi B song money, I think of like you at GBH in the class and it just, <laughs> it, yeah, it's stuck. Um, thank you. Yeah. So scaling is kind of the end of this list. Once you've kind of done the first beginning of li- this list, I hope people have maybe written this down. You'll get to the point where you've grown quite a bit and then you hit the point where you're like, well, what's next? And that can look different for everybody, um, what scaling can be. But for me, I, I then hopped to the saying of do what you do best and hire out the rest. And I feel like that's really allowed me more time to hone in on what I really want to do and free up some of my time. Like I hate doing laundry. So I have I pay somebody to do that. Um, and I think that will allow you to keep then working through the list from top to bottom. Yeah, definitely buying back your time. I'm a huge yeah. advocate of that. Yeah. Any questions so far? Well, I'm looking at this other list that you sent me about the building the extensions in a small town. And I'd love to dive into like yes. some specifics because um, those are all great on like how to stay motivated. But I love this list that you sent me before about how to stay like they're a little more specific about um, how you are building that clientele because I think a lot of people have endless inspiration everywhere. They can listen to a million podcasts or watch YouTube videos or on social media or go to shows. But like a lot of people need like the nitty gritty, like how do they build that clientele? And um, one of the things I saw was creating branding, branded marketing materials, like brochures and at home cards. Like you do this with all of your clients. Oh my gosh. I do so many of that. Um, So yes, this is my next list that I wanted to jump into. Um, so I think that is is major to showing that you know what you're doing. You need to look legit. Um, so brochures, websites, 
professional photography shoots. Um, you got to look professional. You got to look the part because people are going to spend a lot of money. And if you're just kind of telling them the price of what it'll be, it'll, I mean, some people will trust you to do it. Sure. But you won't be able to charge nearly as much as I guess I compare myself to almost like a Medi spa. If you're going to go in somewhere and get some expensive filler done, you, they'll have brochures on what to expect on what the FAQs and pricing and what everything it'll be is wrapped up into a nice little physical item for you to take home, look at, consider, educate them. It all comes back to educating, setting expectation, being honest, having integrity, and showing that through visuals of, you know, photo photography, websites, brochures is a good way to convey that. Yeah. I love that. It's like the packaging of your service. Yes. I love that. It's like way more elevated. I feel like you can charge a lot more if you're doing like elevated service like that, where it's, you know, they have like when they're getting their hair done, they have like something to take home where they know exactly what to expect. It's not just like, okay, fend for yourself. Like they have something to take with them. Yeah. Something to refer to. And I think it, it, that's something that really sets me apart in my town is that again, it makes me look like I'm more serious. Um, and in the brochures and materials, everything's very transparent. Um, pricing's on there. I mean, of course it takes some customizing, which I leave a spot for, for every person, but, um, it's super important if you want to be able to one stand out and two charge prices that you should be charging for a luxury service. Yeah. I love that. Cool. So um, marketing into other more popular populated areas is really, really important. Um, there's a couple different ways I've done this, but collaborations has been really successful for me. Um, I've done photo shoots with, I mean, just photographers, makeup artists, wedding planners in, you know, Portland, Eugene, different parts of Salem, and that cross marketing between, you know, you know, they're going to post those photos and expose me in front of their followers but it also adds I think a layer of it gives me a little bit more validation and shows that you know I'm passionate and doing what I love but also that I know what I'm doing enough to work with other professionals yeah I love that it's like building your portfolio and your network at the same time yeah I love that and it's like you know how do you find those opportunities? Do you like reach out to people? Like there's so many people who like want to do this kind of stuff, but they don't even know where to start or they just don't have the energy to do it. They're like too lazy to like set up a shoot and they don't want to do the extra work. Yeah. And I think that's hard because it's, it's almost like training your muscles. You have to practice, you have to put yourself in an uncomfortable situation and you have to keep trying. You have to fail upwards, right? So all these things, they keep connecting back to that first list that I said. So it's really important to reach out to people that align with your brand, I think, to start with. Like if if you follow somebody because you think their work is beautiful and it speaks to you, what's to stop you from messaging them and say, hey, can we work together? What do you think? And start brainstorming together, you know? Obviously, if you're trying to build your extensions, you're going to want to try and push that into creating a photo shoot for maybe a bridal shoot because a lot of brides do extensions. Like find ways to insert yourself, but also help another person and don't be afraid to ask and put yourself there. Yeah. And uh, is any of this paid? 
Some, mostly not. <laughs> mostly not. Um, I do it because it's it's something that I add to my list of it keeps me passionate. You know, I, if and I'm not getting for money, from we're it. right. It's an investment um, in the hopes that they post and they make one post and I get five followers from it. One out of the five becomes a client. Right. So it's an investment of my time, which I'll hopefully see later. I love that. And I think, you know, I think we all can attest to having that happen to any of us at some point. Right. Mm-hmm. Totally. Um, moving next on to the list is to not undercharge, but show your value and knowledge every appointment starting from that consultation. Um, again, having those brochures are so important because you can lay everything out in front of them. I always, I sit my clients down for their consultation and here's how I kind of map it out for them. I start with, you know, have you ever worn extensions? Yes, no. And I say, well, here's how my consultations go. We're going to talk about your goals, color, length, thickness. We're going to talk about at-home care, which is most important. And finally, we'll end with pricing. You always, you never want to start with talking about price, right? And some clients, people are going to try and like control the narrative in the consultation. But part of having your authority and showing your expertise in the industry is, is, having that control of the conversation to give them the knowledge first and then give them the price and let them determine what they want to do about it. Right. Yeah. I love that. Um, so again, not to undercharge, but showing your value, um, knowledge I think is value and I give it to them in so many different ways, um, during that consultation. And then I don't put any pressure on them towards the end, but allowing them to make the decision on their own. Um, there's another way you can add value. When I first started offering extensions, um, the class I took was, I actually drove into Idaho for my class, um, stayed overnight, again, invested into education. And it was her tip that was to give a little goodie bag. And I thought that was really great. So I made my brochures that night in my hotel room after my class. <laughs> and I put together this plan of what products am I selling? And I did like five mini products of that product line into a bag. And so when I was posting about doing extension clients, I was also saying, and you'll receive a free goodie bag. And this is going to do two different things. It's going to add value. It's going to show show that you're not just doing the hair, but they get a little extra bonus gift. It's going to set you apart. I guess those three things. And it's also going to be products that you're using that will hopefully become an upsell later that you know will take care of the extensions. Absolutely. So that's another way to add value. I love that. Amazing. Uh, Yeah. Are we loving these so far? Yeah, it's great. I think especially for newer people in the industry who like are like dabbling and they really want to get into this and they're just kind of stuck and they don't have those clients that they want yet. And they're not really sure how to set themselves apart. I think this is amazing. Awesome. Yeah. Um, and we can get into more specific examples too. Yeah. Um, anything but you I want. Think, cool. I, at, at the end of the day, I think it's really important too to like stand by your word and have honor and integrity. And if you messed up to own it. Um, and of course it's happened to me and it's taken time and practice to own it. There's been multiple times where, you know, I just wanted to like slip it under the rug, but having that integrity, I think is super, super important, especially 
we as a whole, um, the beauty industry, if we don't keep extensions and luxury services to the standard that we should, then I feel like it'll will almost hinder the rest of the industry coming thereafter. Does that make sense? Like if we start undercharging or if we start applicating our road or our methods wrong, it'll create a narrative to the clients that extensions don't work for everybody or it damaged the hair. And that's what a lot of people are afraid of. Well, if we're all doing what we can and being honest and having that integrity and educating ourselves, then we're only setting up the whole industry for success, not just ourselves. Yeah, I love that. It's like the more education and the more seriously you take the the industry, the more it like kind of ripples into everybody else. Right. So, and to touch on education, we all, we all are here for that, right? We know it's so important um, to just keep digging and keep learning. There's always new stuff coming out. Um, and when you are experimenting, post about it, right? We all know that social media is so important to be building that clientele, um, whatever you're doing, document it. And I think that's important and it shows everybody else what you're up to and that you're taking it seriously. And that means that they can trust you. It's all about building their trust, and especially when they're going to be paying you thousands of dollars. Yeah. Like just being Say active, just being active yeah. on social media. Like I get some people want nothing to do with it and that's totally fine. But you know, if you want to be a specialist or if you want to be building into becoming that authority in the industry, like you got to be active. That's one of the things I look for in booth renters at the network is, are they active on social media? Was their last post eight months ago? Probably not going to work for me. Mm -hmm. Like I really do look for active people. It makes such a difference. And I mean, and there's nothing wrong with being the quote unquote hobby hairstylist. I think there's definitely a place for that and people are happy to be that. But, um, if you're wanting to get to this elite level where you're trying to claim that you want to be an extension specialist, you have to take it to that level and be honest and work for it. Totally. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I respect anybody who wants nothing to do with social media, but if that is your goal, <laughs> like if it is your goal to become the authority, like you got to be active. You got to be trying new stuff. You got to be sharing your work. You got to like be building your reputation and social media is the easiest way to do that now. Like we did not have this in the beginning. Like, oh, we did not have this. The only way you can make a name for yourself is going to shows or getting published in a magazine. And now there are no magazines. And now it's just, it's easier than ever, but we're also kind of on this brink right now where everything's very saturated. So that's what I touched on at the beginning of this. I feel like I was so lucky to kind of be ahead of the curve that I was able to establish myself as people now, if they hear my name and they know of me, they know I'm expensive. They know I do extensions. They know I've done hair for a long time in this town. And that's because I've been consistent on social media and, and getting through different friend groups and different um, uh, networks and it, it comes from being consistent and that's really what's going to make you stand out. I love that. I think that like us growing up, like kind of before, how old are you? I'm turning 27 in September. Okay. So we're like a few years apart, but like kind of like starting off our careers, like right as social media was like taking off. I feel like we got so lucky with that. 
like, what do you think? And this is just like an off the cuff question. What do you think the newer generation, someone graduating today, like, what do you think they have an advantage? Like oh, what advantage do you think they have? <laughs> they have access to like everything. I, coming out of my beauty school and, and like in my town, it wasn't a thing to be a, uh, an assistant. If you were, then you were pretty much just the shampoo girl, um, which was common. And luckily, coming out of beauty school, I had enough foundation in social media, color theory, and application that I could stand on my own two feet and build my own clientele. Um, and I think now people kind of can still do that coming out of beauty school, but you're still left with so much to learn that having the advantage of being an assistant is is so huge. And now, as a new new stylist, it's so much easier to find those mentors now that are willing to educate you and uplift you and support you than it ever has been before, because, you know, we've, we've been through it and now we're ready to pass it along, which is what I love about you and, and our friend group is that it's always been about moving the industry up. Yeah. I love that. Well, JC, any closing thoughts that you want to share before we hop off or any last minute tips? feel like I blew through all of them so quickly, but I think just what I really want to hammer into everybody is create those opportunities. Don't be afraid of somebody telling you no. You got to open your mouth and ask, right? And that's where it starts. And once you start building that confidence um, and start, you know, practicing and putting in that time and that effort and being consistent, eventually you will never fail if you don't give up on yourself. And that's what I always remind myself. Like if I'm going to work towards these dreams and these goals, I just have to keep trying. Right. So it takes practice to move past failure, but it's worth it. I love that. You inspire me. I'm so proud of you and happy for you with all of your success. Congrats on your new salon. It's beautiful. All of your salons are beautiful. Uh, Thank you. So happy for you. (laughs) And thank you for sharing some tips with my audience, because I know there's tons of people who are dabbling with extensions, or maybe it's their dream to kind of move in that direction. And I love everything that you shared. Um, from the like little tips of like, you know, how to find a mentor, finding a mentor and staying motivated to the branding tips. Like, I feel like those are great and I feel like they'll really help people. So if you're listening, maybe listen again, take some notes and start taking steps to setting yourself apart in your area, especially like with the, I love the brochures and all of the branded things like package your service so that you're different right? Like, I think that's amazing. So thank you so much, JC. Where can they find you on social media? On Instagram, I am at the letters JC underscore hairologist. I do have a TikTok, though I'm not active on it, though I should be. So that's (laughs) one of my goals for this year is to be more active. We TikTok, I feel like I am starting to finally see um, clients coming to me from there. So it's, it's definitely something to keep an eye out for if you guys aren't already. But Uh, same at name on that as well. Love it. Awesome. All right, everybody. Thank you for listening and we'll see you on the next one. Bye.